welcome to Cartridge Command, your weekly retro gaming podcast where we discuss and review the classic and not-so-classic games of the 8- and 16-bit era. I'm Nick. And I'm Eric. And this week's game is Zelda II The Adventure of Link. Part 1. Zelda II The Adventures of Link was developed by Nintendo's EAD and published by Nintendo in Japan in January of 1987 for the Famicom Disk System. Oh yeah. It was then released in North America in December of 1988. Quite some time later. And then was actually released in September of 1988 in PAL territories. Really? According to my research, it came out first in Europe, then in America. Man, well... On cartridge. And this also... There's the infamous like chip shortage, supposedly, that went on where it did not truly arrive in most places December of 88. Like, right. I know it was months later until I got my hands on it. Yeah, it's very interesting because this game came out less than one year after Zelda 1's release in Japan. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but in America, the Nintendo hadn't even come out yet. Right, yeah, they didn't, like, this came out before we even got the first Zelda. Yes. So, <laughs> It is very interesting. Now, this game, of course, being a EAD project, was produced by Shigeru Miyamoto. Mm-hmm. But the rest of the team was different from Zelda 1. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's how it was completed so much quickly after that first one. Miyamoto wanted it to be a very different game than the first Zelda. And it is. Much like uh, Mario 2 is to Mario 1. Sure. Well, and that's kind of a running thing with his work. Yeah. Throughout the years, where as much as you want him to make another Star Fox 64 or something, you know, it's like, nope, we did it once and we move on to new concepts. For better or for worse. Now, this game's music was not done by Koji Kondo. That's right. Such as the first game. It was done by Akito Nakasuka. Mm. Uh, he didn't do a lot of games, but you do like the ones he did. Because he oh, did the yeah. music on Excite Bike. Oh, sure. On Punch-Out. Uh, yeah. And the Punch-Out training music. Okay. As we've always mentioned, it, it's some of the best. Punch-Out's great music. Great stuff. He did the music uh, for a couple other games, but but most notably in the future was uh, Brain Age. Oh, oh, wow. Okay. I don't know if you remember that game. Uh, yo, I do, yeah. For the DS. Quote-unquote game. Yeah, as a, I don't know, a mental stimulator. <laughs> it's something, yeah. It was really big in Japan, and I think it also helped sell the DS to the normies <laughs> yeah, in yeah. America. It's true. Now, the Japanese version of this game was released on the Famicom Disk System, so there were, of course, some differences. Mm, yeah, uh, notably, yeah. the music was better. Yeah, supposedly. I don't know. I actually kind of prefer some of the... From what I've compared, yeah. I, I don't know if it's just There like were more nostalgia. channels. They're definitely... It's, it's, it's technically better. Right. Yes. It's richer. Yes. Uh, but there is a lot of other you know, more negative aspects where they didn't have as much room in the memory on the disc, I think. Yeah. So all of the dungeons are gray. Yeah. Like the very first one. Yeah, yeah, I saw that. Which, that'd be a huge bummer. Oh, yeah, it'd make them even more confusing, you know? And more lackluster. <laughs> it also had two different bosses that I think were repeat bosses. We got new bosses in those spots. Yeah, yeah, I saw that. Instead of, what was it, you don't fight Guma, right, in the in the yeah. Japanese version? And then it also had a different leveling system. Yeah, this is really weird. Where every, um, you know, your three types of leveling things we'll get to were all equalized. Yeah. So I don't... It, well, but anytime you would, like, continue, all of your scores would be... Will come in at the lowest score of your three. Okay. 
So if you get it out of whack, then you'll lose it eventually. But I don't know. That sounds like a speed, like a speedrunner's dream, man, because you could power through all your attacks even faster and really tear it up. Yeah, and then of course this game has been re-released a billion times, uh, starting with the uh, with the collector's edition disc of GameCube. I think you got it as a special pre-order mm. for Wind Waker. Oh, okay, yeah. There was the classic series on Game Boy Advance. It's been in the virtual console for the Wii, 3DS, and Wii U. Yeah, well, you know, it's it was a Zelda, on so. the Nintendo Mini system and is free as part of the online service for the Switch. Free. So, wow, what a day! What a day to be alive. Uh, and then finally, I do want to mention that this game has uh, its influence on the Zelda series in many ways, which we'll talk about throughout the show. Mm-hmm. But more importantly, there hasn't been that many games that were directly inspired by this. Uh, I think there was a lot of games that took aspects of it, like uh, Crystallis or some of these other ones. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but the Adventure Time game, Hey Ice King, Why'd You Steal Our Garbage? Yeah, yeah. Uh, is interesting because it is a direct transcription of all the things from this game. Yeah, that's what I've heard, um, and which is nice. Uh I, I, I have a copy of it. I need to let you borrow it. <laughs> There's a Battle of Olympus is pretty famously a, a very close. Yeah. Um, at least your mechanics, the way your hero handles, mm-hmm. is, is very similar to the this. Ice King game is a direct, you know, yeah, lineage yeah. of you've got your over map, yeah. enemies spawn, circle around you. When yeah, you hit yeah. one of the smaller ones, it's a less angry counter, et cetera, et cetera. Well, and um, and not... it has one of the best. Uh, extended theme songs of all time oh, built okay. in. Okay, okay, yeah. It takes the irregular Adventure Time theme song and turns it into a, like a big pop song. Oh, wow. Wow, okay. Sounds cool. Strong words. Strong sell. But, yeah, and that's not saying something because not a lot of things mimic the overhead map no, not portion of this game, you know? Which I think is interesting because, you know, it's not bad, but it is one that yeah. is definitely its own thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, Nick, what kind of game is Zelda 2, The Adventure of Link? This is a side-scrolling and top-down action RPG. You really like that action term. Well, this is an action. It does fit very well. It's an action platformer slash RPG. And it's a very interesting hybrid of the original Zelda concepts with uh, some light RPG concepts. Yeah, yeah. Now, in this game, you can jump. Yes, you can. It's one of the few Zeldas where you can jump. And it's, uh, it's a pretty good one. Yeah, it is not a variable jump, though. Right. You have one jump height, and, uh, well, I, I take that back. Once you're jumping, you're locked into a jump. Yeah. But you can change the height of that jump based on the speed at which you're moving. Right. So you can get various heights out of that one jump. Yeah, and you can just barely eke up, like, an extra sprite square. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, if you're, if, you're, if you're hauling, you can you get a little more hang time. And then, of course, uh, being a Zelda game and being the character of Link, your main interaction with the world is attacking with a sword. That's right. But in this game, there is only one sword. Yep. It's the Master Sword, and you already have it. Or I guess it's the Magic Sword, Yeah. since yeah. this is, as we'll talk about, a direct sequel to That's the original true. Zelda. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and whatever sword it is, it is, you know, and this is one of the first things that you hear as, uh, about this game is that it's short. It is a very short sword. It is what many people would consider dagger length. Yeah, yeah. And... It does have the same properties, though, as the Magic Sword did before it. When you have full health, it shoots out a little beam. Mm-hmm. But it's also not that very... It's a short beam. It's a short beam, yeah. Short so, range, and it's small. It's just the size of one of your little uh, blade 
sword blades, I guess. Yes, but the thing is, is this combat is not just your standard hit with a sword. Right, right. Because you can sword attack high and low. Yeah, because you can crouch. Yes. Kind of. Like, the crouch is not really for any evasive purposes. No, it's all combat related. Yeah, yeah. Because in addition to using your sword, you have your shield from the first game as well, the magic shield. And it is awesome because it blocks the majority of attacks and projectiles. And it does so on a height basis as well. So there's a high and a low attack. Yeah. Uh, for your sprite, and you can block by standing normally or ducking to block low. Correct. And it will even block if you are jumping. Yeah, wherever it happens to be positioned. Yeah. And it's this mechanic that really sets it apart, I think, from almost all other Nintendo games. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. It makes the, the combat a little more rewarding because you're doing more than just attacking. You yes. know, you're, I mean, you kind of had that in the first Zelda with your blocking, with your shield and stuff, and this just takes it a little further, so it's... To the next level, perhaps. Oh, yeah. Because another thing this game does in the tradition of role-playing games is give you levels. Yeah, yeah. And you... Uh, a weird experience system, kind of. It is. and Or unique, I guess you could say. Yeah, and you have three main stats that you can control. Right, right. You have your attack. Mm-hmm. You have your spell. Or magic, yeah. Magic, and then you have your life or health. That's correct. And this game is different than the other Zeldas because you can increase your health in life by leveling up. Well, yeah. I mean, you don't increase your life meter. That is increased by finding items, or your meters are increased. Okay, so let's start over because this is where it gets a little confusing. <laughs> yeah. There are items that increase the amount of health you get, but then there is a stat that is your health. Right, which is more like your endurance. It's how much damage you take. Gotcha. gets reduced by having a higher stat. Okay. And the attack stat means that's how much more damage your attack does. Mm-hmm. But the magic stat is the amount of spell points you have. Well, it, it, the higher your magic stat, it reduces the uh, cost of the, of the spells. spells but, gotcha. But the magic meter also has items to lengthen it. Well, let's talk about those items then, since we've really poorly discussed the, <laughs> uh, you know, those three things, which we'll get into more as we discuss the items. Sure, yeah, yeah. Uh, and these items are not the special items. We're going to talk about those in a moment. These are ones you're going to find either in dungeons, dropped from enemies, or on the map. Right, right. Well, there's several. You get a decent number of items in this game, but very, they're all, like, they're not items you actually activate or use. They're, no. They're passive items. And I read online that, Every sixth enemy or so drops an item. Uh, yeah, is that true? It it is. Um, okay. Well, there but there are enemy drops. Yes. So there's only three of them really, where you can get either a blue or red magic jar. And the blue magic jar fills up a little bit of your magic. Yeah. And it, the red fills it up all the way. Yeah, which is nice. Um, and, and even if it's filling up, you can't cheat and like use a spell. Yeah, I mean, it won't. It'll it'll fill it up to where that spell would have decrease the magic from yeah yeah i mean you can kind of like it's better to like if you wait for your spell to fill your magic to fill up and then use say life right Mm -hmm. um if you cast the life spell right as soon as it starts to fill up it's like you'll end up where the math would have ended up anyways you're not getting any extra magic out of you're not losing any like it's filling up more than it would have if you just filled it up and then used it so those are your two magic refilling. They look like little pitchers, really. Yeah, and the other enemy drop is the treasure bag or pea bag. Yeah, we have a little too much fun calling out the pea bags in my house. <laughs> there are pea bags. Uh, you know, those are also hidden around in, in locations, a few. And those will give you extra experience. Usually it's either 
50, 100, 200, or even later 500. And some enemies that you fight will give you experience. And you need a certain amount of experience to go up a level. Yeah, and there's three yeah. stats we talked about earlier. But yeah, like you said, the enemy drops are triggered for every six enemies, kind of. But th- there's three groups of enemies in this game where some are weak enemies that every sixth one you kill will drop either you have a one in eighth chance of getting a, a 50 point pee bag, mm-hmm. and the rest is blue bottles. Okay. So those are your blobs, your weaker, smaller monsters. Right. The, the tougher monsters, again, every sixth one you kill. And these two totals are not added together. They're okay. independent tracks, kind of. That's what makes... Okay, now I, now it's I'm understanding why I didn't catch it. So usually... And it's usually the bigger monsters, you know, the uh, like a, the knights or, mm-hmm. you know, the iron knuckles, various, you know, those will drop either the red magic jar or yeah. the 200-point pee bag. Right. And yes, we're going to be saying pee bag a lot oh, in this podcast. So try and stop me. Get over it. But <laughs> Get your um, giggles out now. But notably, that one, you have a uh, half and half chance of getting either... The, the pee bag or the red potion. Okay. Instead of, you know, it being heavily weighted towards the blue potions with the other enemies. Okay. And then there are some that just never drop. Okay. I think I would rather get the potion every time. Most of the time, yeah. Well, Especially it, the last half of that game. It, it helps, and yeah, yeah. All right. Now, what else do we find out there in this big, crazy world, Nick? Well, we mentioned that you can increase your both your life and magic meters, and you do that by finding... Heart and magic containers. These items aren't actually found um, in castles or anything. Right. They're usually in their own, like, bespoke or hidden places. Yeah, there's, you start with, both of your meters start at three. Yeah. And you can get to a maximum of eight, so there are five of each of these hidden throughout the map somewhere, typically. And uh, we cheated in our playthrough, so we got them all. Oh, sure, yeah. And you kind of need to for that last dungeon or two. Well, you have to or it won't open the gates. Oh, I thought you only had to have six of the crystals to open the gate. Well, you you have to have that and all the um, heart containers and magic. Oh, you have to have all of them. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm glad I you never, got them then. I would never even try to do that either way. But uh-huh. uh, You don't have to have your levels maxed out, though. Okay. But. We, actually, we didn't have that. Oh, okay. And we'll get all of this in our <laughs> exciting future segments. Ooh, spoilers. But come on, we got more items to talk about here. Oh, you bet. There is the one-up doll. Yeah, and another weird... Uh, item, or this is the only Zelda game that has one-ups. That's right, because you have lives. And when you die in this game, it's pretty generous. Yeah, well, when you yeah when you lose a life, you just start in the beginning of the same screen, yeah. pretty much. And you keep going, which is nice, you know, with all of your health and magic re- uh, recuperated. But you do lose all of the experience you've worked towards. Well, you lose your XP if you continue. Oh, but if not if you die. All three, yeah. So it's it, which that really sucks. If you lose a lot of experience, it's uh, and in a way, it kind of defeats the purpose of XP. Right. Typically, which is and it's something we can talk about uh, as we get into it later. But yeah, you can get uh, extra lives. So um, these are one ups you can only pick up once. Yes. So and they're also usually in a weird spot. They're they're yeah. You probably won't see them, but they're not worth getting until the very end. So save them if you if you stumble across one early. It's just it's it doesn't mean anything right now. Correct. And then our final item is uh well it's not really an item per se, but you will find fairies sometimes in dungeons, yeah, sometimes yeah. in levels, but also as their own creature that moves around the map. Yeah, yeah. There there are some which are hidden in stationary spots, you know, usually in woods or something mm-hmm. that you can just go and refill your life, which is nice. But when there are random encounters as you walk around this map screen and sometimes instead of a monster, a fairy, a fairy will spawn and you can run into it and it will refill your life all the way, which is great. It is super great. Now let's talk a little bit more about this, uh, the level system and what you get out of it. Let's get into it. Yeah. Because yeah. it is 
I still don't really 100% understand it. it it's a, it's a Even weird, though I did it a bunch. It's a weird system that um, is, is kind of cool in, in theory, I think. But it's, So it's when just you kill strange. certain enemies or get those pee bags, you get experience points. Right. And then each of your different abilities of those three things, those stat levels, has their own experience quotient to, to go up in one notch of it. Yeah. And yeah. that's visually represented where, like, if you go up in your attack, you have another sword shown. Mm-hmm. Spells, you have a wand shown. Right, right. Little bottle. Bottle, that's what it is. And then uh, for... And life is hearts. Life is hearts. Yes. And uh, once you've gotten one level of it, the price for the next level increases. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then... And you spend your experience, it goes away. It's gone. Like you got to start from zero again. That's one thing that I try to... To, to wrap your mind around it, it's better to think of like, it's not like an experience total that shows how experienced you are. There are points you spend on upgrades. Yeah, as, a, as opposed to a traditional XP chart. And you can only spend points once you've hit one of those numerical uh, milestones. milestones. Or, so yeah. it's like if your hearts are at 360, your magic's at 500, and your uh, attack is at 600. Right, right. Then you have to go up to the 300 or whatever for your whatever, for the first one. And then you choose if you want to go up a level on that. Right. You're given that choice once you hit that number. Uh, if you choose not to, it shows the next highest total that you must reach. Yeah, for the, you know, whatever the next most expensive level is. So there is this other metagame of, you know, trying to decide if you're going to hold on to these points or not. Right, right. To level up your different skills. Yeah. And we went ahead and really put a lot into attack early on. Which you you should, yes. definitely. It's it's I mean, it is more expensive. You know, it's it's generally the most expensive, magic's in the middle, and then life is the cheapest. And that's actually the last one we did was life. Yeah. And to add another kink in this whole machinery is the fact that once you beat a dungeon, yeah. you're given a crystal. Yeah. You can take that crystal, plug it into the big weird statue statue thing, and then that will take you to the next numerical value that would be the next level. Yeah, whatever your next threshold is, it'll it'll level you up the whole way. So that you can really save yourself a lot of uh, grinding with that if you're careful. Yeah, because another tactic that a lot of people adopt is to not uh, turn in those first few. Oh, yeah. Or never... that's what we did. We did not um, use our first two crystals. And, and then just come back later. We came back later. I see. When we had like real big gaps. Mm. Okay. We, we planned on doing it for like the first three or four, but then we were like, I don't want to go back to this dungeon. <laughs> so we did it. I see. Uh, interesting. Okay. I always, um, I just make sure that I only spend them on attack. Okay. Because it's always the most expensive at the time. And that, that usually treats me well. It's kind of tricky because you'll get to points where you're going through the dungeon. I mean, it's kind of nice where you know, you're like, all right, I, I've passed up my, my first two, my life and my magic. So yeah. now it's thousands of points away and it doesn't matter you know, killing monsters on the way doesn't matter anymore because I know it's all just going to get rounded up at the end anyways. So it's all about dodging and running. Yeah, guilt-free skippage. All right, cool. And then there is a a cap on each of these tiers. Yeah, they all go up to eight. Mm-hmm. And then beyond that, if you get 9,000 experience points, you can buy a one-up. Oh, that's what happens. So, yeah. <laughs> we, were, we were confused about that as well. I mean, yeah. If you really want to grind up for that final huge palace. Uh and then, uh, since we've explained that so well... Everyone's, everyone knows it perfectly. Yeah. Let's go talk about the final and, you know, one of the more exciting things about the Zelda games. And that is your special items, which in this one is not very many weapons. 
Well, yeah, they're all like they're all just weird items, and we're gonna talk about each one and what they do. Yeah, and then we'll finally get to our spells. Sounds good. So I think we're gonna go in order of when you find them. Is that? Um, yeah, I mean, all of these, with one exception, I think, pretty much all the items are just treasures found in the palaces. Yeah, and they're kind of like keys. You need them to unlock the next area. Generally, yeah. By doing a certain task, and you know, I hate to say it, that's one of the, my gripes about this game is some of them are kind of opaque. Yeah, yeah oh yeah, there's a couple uh, notoriously bad ones, Yeah, actually. So what's our first item, Nick? Well, the first item is the candle. Yes, and it does what you'd think it does. It burns bushes. <laughs> no, it does not. No, it's uh, the other function of the classic candle, uh, which is to light up dark rooms. Yeah, before you get this, if you go to a cave or anything like that, it's total darkness. You can mm-hmm. only see movement you know, by the interaction of pixels of feet. Barely, yeah. Very some hard pro- to see. Projectiles you can see, some of them. Uh, but once you have it, then that's a moot point and everything's lit up. Yeah. After that, you have the hammer. Yes, and the hammer does do its normal function of breaking rocks. <laughs> yeah, um, like all good hammers. Um, and, and this is one of the few items you actually use, and you use it in the overhead map sections. There will be boulders in your way. You can use it to break that boulder. We can also use it in the forests. That's right. You can uh, use it to chop or smash down trees. Which I didn't even realize until you have to. I realized it by screwing around in my youth, but I also knew about it from reading Nintendo Power. So Okay. <laughs> and then uh, you have the classic raft is back. The classic raft. This is not future raft. No, it's used even less than previously. There's one dock that you can, well, there's two. You can sail from one to the other. And you'll do that once or twice you want. if you want to go back like we did. Yeah, or, or if you die. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Then there's the wing boots. Now, these are cool. Yeah, these let you walk on water, sort of. Yeah. Um, I wish you could walk on more water. More like walking on rivers. <laughs> yeah. Or in secret water passages. There's there's a very small chunk of water that you can actually walk on, but uh, you don't. I don't think you spawn enemies when you're on the water. So nope, not at all. It's uh, pretty cool in that way. But again, it's just another key to get to another place. Oh, and I think you can walk on lava too. Uh, ooh, okay. After that, we'll find the flute. Classic, still a flute, not an ocarina yet. That's right, and uh, you use it in one spot. It's again another key. Yeah, it soothes a beast. You have mysterious music of Hyrule. Uh, then you'll you can also find a magic key, which that is the best thing in the world. I wish just... <laughs> you could have found it earlier. Yeah, yeah. Or could have gone out of your order to get it. It's uh yeah because you know this is uh, one feature from the first game. The keys, you know, you need keys to it's open an doors. I don't to talk about. Oh, that's true. Um, they are not dropped by enemies. They're always just in a dungeon. Every dungeon has a certain amount of keys that you will need. Yeah, and if you miss one, boy, does it suck. <laughs> yeah, well, that's yes, yes, it does because you got to backtrack all the way. Because these dungeons are twisty and ter- turny after a certain point. They are. Um, the enemies won't respawn until you leave. Most of them. There's a few of the weak ones, right? That you know will always be there. But so it's, it's not as hard to backtrack, but it does lengthen the whole experience in in a not good way. Yeah. And finally, you can also get the magic cross. Yeah. And what does it do? Uh, Vampires? No, it lets you see invisible enemies. Oh, I I didn't even realize that. There's only, they're in like some, those little ghost things are in graveyards or the town where you get thunder. Oh, I didn't even go there before we got it, really. So, I mean, I got it. Yeah. Yeah, So, yeah. I mean, if you didn't realize (laughs) that there were invisible enemies there. Oh, there were. And they're crappy enemies. I I dislike those ones a lot. They're no fun. Yeah. So, even when you can see them, they're ugly. Yeah. Filthy beasts. So that's it for your special items. That's right. But like we mentioned earlier, this game has spells. You have a spell 
You have a way of leveling up your spell abilities. Yeah, yeah. Which gives you more spell points or turns your spells into cheaper to spend spells. That's right. And you get more points by getting the bottles. Right, right. Okay. And these spells are fairly often used. This is the most magic I think Link's going to use for a long time. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're they're pretty cool um, for the most part, I think. Yeah. Well, let's, let's talk about them and how cool each one is. All right. Uh, well, first you get the shield magic. And how would this rank on your 90s Marvel Comics coolometer? <laughs> Oh, I don't, I don't know. I mean, it's it's a it's definitely the one I use the most. You, it's the first one you get. It's consistently one of the cheapest, if not the cheapest, as far as your magic point cost. I'd goes. say ice cold. <laughs> that's the case. Ice cold, yeah. Now, uh, you know, seriously, this is one of the most used spells of all. It was it half the amount of damage you take. I believe so. And it's like the only way to get through certain areas before you get good. They're tough and. Early on, you know, you might try to hoard your magic points, but don't. Like, you know, when you know almost every sixth enemy is going to drop one of those blue bottles, don't be afraid to cast shield if you're fighting some tough enemies. Yeah, it, and It's we, worth it if you even get hit once. We learned that early on. The uh, shield is cool. It turns you red, kind of like your red ring outfit. So uh, that's neat. Yeah, yeah. We, I think that's super cool. That's an awesome nod to that first one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, you can also get the jump spell. Uh, second most used. Yeah, yeah. Pretty cool. Let's you jump uh, much higher. Three oh. or four times the height? Like I kind of hated when I had to use it, though. Yeah. I was like, oh, it's like a magic tax. <laughs> yeah. You just stuck well, this thing a little bit higher. There's There are only a few spots where it's just, you know you're like, well, I just I have to use jump to get past here, and it's just a way of... But early know, on, it's also a good way of like avoiding certain enemies. Definitely. Uh, that, that's It's other thing. Is like, if there are enemies you don't want to fight, and I don't blame you, uh, you can use this to pass them. Because your normal jump, while you have a decent height, it's, it's pretty tough to actually get over... A lot so, of them. Yeah, the way these enemies move. And this is another fairly cheap one always. Mm-hmm. Then we have the Grand Poobah of the spells, the Life Spell. Now this is the MVP. You can finally heal yourself. You can, but only three blocks of your life. It's still worth it. Oh, it, it definitely is. And uh, it's the spell I save most of my uh, magic for. Uh, yeah, agreed. Now, like we said, uh, you can't cheat the system by using this, but you can get a little extra if you do use it as soon as you get one of those red potions that fills up the whole magic meter. It, yeah, I or, mean, it, it depends on if... If you have magic and then you don't have hearts, though, or health, you can just heal yourself a bunch when you see you're getting a red one. Yeah, yeah, definitely. That's why the that makes those red magic jars super precious. Super duper. You precious. can also... <laughs> yeah. My precious. Uh, you can also get the fairy spell. Now, this one is not an insensitive joke. We're not talking about Tingle here. No, no. This is a spell that literally turns you into the same sprite as the fairy. Yeah, it's it's called fairy. You turn into a fairy. Uh, you, you have to use it maybe three times in the game. There's one spot, yeah, where it's just required to get through because you have to fly up. Even the jump spell is not enough. Or there's a spot in the second to last dungeon. You have to do it mm-hmm. to get to the boss. Yeah, yeah. Otherwise, it's the I don't want to mess with any of this spell. Yes. Uh, one bonus of the fairy is that you can fly through locked doors. I wish I would have known it, that. It, I mean, I, it doesn't really bother me now, but I remember using it a lot as a, as, as a child. But it, I don't know how really beneficial it can be because a lot of times if you get past this door, what if there's another locked door on the other side and you don't yeah. have enough magic and then you're stuck between two? And fairy does use a lot of magic. Yes, it is one of the more uh, expensive ones. While know? in fairy mode, though, you cannot attack. You can get hurt. Mm-hmm. But you can pick up items. I have used it. I remember using it in the past to like fly through a locked door to get a treasure, and then just back out. Yeah. So yeah, it it, it I don't know. It, it's got a it's a neat idea that you don't really have any opportunity to explore with. You know. 
No, but if I would have known that, it would have saved me a lot of trouble about <laughs> two days ago. After that, we get fire. The spell of fire. I wanted to like fire a lot more than I did. It's, yeah. It lets you shoot fireballs. Yeah, it's a full screen fireball. It's really cool. They're very strong, and they're the only way you can hurt certain enemies. Most of the enemies, pretty much, in the latter half of the game, at least the overhead enemies. But the problem is, is that it's slow. It's it's slow, and you can only have, what, two on screen? Yeah. So and it, you can, like, normal attack a lot. A lot faster. A whole yeah. lot faster. The, the fire spell kind of early on, when I was first playing this game, really made me regret cursing the short range of the sword beam. Yeah. Because I was like, man, that sucks. It only goes this far. But it's like if it went the whole screen, it would. then it's even worse, you know? Right. You can, you, I don't know, yeah. Up next is the reflect spell. And also, I wanted it to be cooler. Yeah, it's... Uh, I thought I could maybe use it to reflect everything. I wish it powered your shield up more than it does. Yeah, because you know? it's really just there's a certain type of attack it will reflect back. You will find uh, whiz robes later. They shoot a little wave beam kind of just like the uh, ones yep. in the first Legend of Zelda. But you can reflect them back with this and hurt them. And it's the only way to hurt them. Unfortunately, yeah. No no wand. No way you can do that here. Yeah, so it's kind of annoying. Like, I don't... It's really only there to fight whiz robes. Yeah. Uh, it, something I recently learned, it, this will let you block the fire that the final boss shoots out, the thunder bird oh all right which made me feel a fool because that was a tough part but and then we have the best named magic spell spell this is the worst spell the speak and spell you only use it once right pretty much yeah and that's literally seconds after you get it yeah you use it in a town i think that gets you the magic key yeah you you're in the town you get it you walk one more screen and then use it and that's it (laughs) yeah um you can use it other times because it just randomly opens this like door there but if you use it with enemies, it turns them into blobs. Oh. So it, it's kind of cool. I mean, it's a, I would use it a lot more if it wasn't one of the more expensive ones. It is definitely expensive. So, you know. But not the most expensive. Oh, no. That's thunder. That's the final spell. Thunder. And, and <laughs> it, it also only has very limited uses. Well, it's, very, it's the most expensive. And while it does damage or kill everything on screen. Yeah. I don't really care. <laughs> it's mainly used on the very final boss. You, yeah, you, much like the rest, it uh, it's just a you have to do it if you want to hurt him, yeah. to make him vulnerable. So you got to use the thunder. And now you're a wizard, Link. And that's it for all of our items and spells. So as we mentioned, there are lives in the game. Uh, you find them, but you start with three. Mm-hmm. And once you die, you get a really cool death animation where it <laughs> freezes on whatever position you were in. Yeah. And uh, originally flashed. Right. But on all versions after the original, they made it just a red screen. A solid red background. Uh, as to not give anyone seizures. Right, right. Well, that's a big screen to be flashing. It is. Uh, but it, either way, it looks awesome. Like I, It's a really striking Yeah, because you death. have the dark silhouette of Ganon and it says game over. Well, that's when you lose all three. Lives. Oh, okay. I see what you're saying. Once you've Never. lost all three, then you do get that screen, which is yeah. Ganon's silhouette. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Which they didn't get in uh, Japan. That was just like a game over screen. Yeah, I... I... I don't know. We lucked out there. And then, and you get Soda Popinski's laugh. Oh, nice. Now, at that point, you can continue. And like you said, you'll lo- lose all of your experience points. Mm-hmm. Not your experience levels, so, you know. But then this game also does have a save system. Yes. So if you want to quit, you can quit, and it will re- remember all of your levels and all the items you've got. Save battery. Yeah. So pretty that's cool. That is pretty awesome. Yeah. So this game uses overhead and side-scrolling levels, you know, Kind of like Rygar, but different because you're not really 
uh, fighting in your your overhead maps. They're more a la Dragon Warrior, where you or just, Final Fantasy. Yeah, you're walking around. There are there's terrain and enemies will spawn. You can see them. They will be of a weak or strong variety of the encounter. And the weak ones is usually two to one, weak to strong. Mm, and there's, yeah. the weak ones are shown as a what are they called in this game? Uh, a a bit or bot. A bit or bot, which they eventually became choose choo choos. Okay, okay. That's like the slime. Gotcha. And there's a lot of things that are named just a bit off from their well, final naming. There's some, yeah, there's some weird names floating around here. And then there's like a bigger monster. Yeah, it's like a more humanoid. You know, maybe it's a moblin or something. And that's what's going to be the stronger encounter. Yeah, and they the type of enemy depends on your terrain, where you are, you know, much like in an RPG. And it's really cool because, you know, the little side-scrolling part is just a little vignette. Like, you start in the middle, you can go left or right, doesn't matter, usually. Mm-hmm. And you have three screens worth of enemies to get through, and once you clear the side of it, you're done. Yeah. It's not time-based, it's not number of enemies-based. You don't have to fight them, you can run past them or over them, jump jump by them if you don't want to deal with it or you're almost dead. And then there are specific areas in the game, like we said, where there's a specific item, and those are little one-screen, usually, or two-screen yeah, side-scrolling areas. And they're not always marked, so you know that's your mild exploration you yeah. get. Is... And then sometimes there are forced ones as well. Like going through the mountains or wherever, where there's a point where no matter what, you're going to hit a side-scrolling area. Yeah, and there's no way you can avoid it. Yeah. But there's also towns, which is different, you know? Mm-hmm. And the towns are cool because, while well, they're a relief. You're not going to be attacked, usually. Right. But also, every town has a full cast of people walking around it. Well, when I say yeah. full cast, I mean three different sprites, uh, well, <laughs> but in different colors. There's Yeah, there's a couple different, like, there's, you know, you have a more... Villager sprites than I would have expected from this game. You know, true, like true. more than in Dragon Warrior or Dragon Warrior 2. And, and and this also reminds me a lot of Castlevania 2 in that regard. Mm, yeah. The village areas. I really like, you know, these villages, although they do feel a little stretched thin, like there's really only three or four things to do in any given village. Get your life back, get your health back. Let's talk about those because those are extremely important. Yeah. Uh, there is a lady in red. Lady in red, yeah. And if you talk to her, she'll take you back to her house and heal you. Yeah. And there's an old lady in orange. Yes. Or a lady with a bowl in her head. I don't know what it's supposed to be. <laughs> I always thought it was like a hood. We always call it an old lady. <laughs> well, it is an old lady, yeah. So the old lady, she'll heal, she'll restore all of your magic. Yeah. And if you're lazy, and what we usually do is just, you can usually find, for some reason, the old lady's if easier to find. the magic is closer to the... heal yourself, yeah. fill the magic up, you're good. Yeah. Well, that's what I mean, like with these, the towns all feel like they're like three screens when they could be two, you know? Yeah, because they are populated with people, but also buildings. Mm-hmm. And when the doors open on these buildings, you can either go in them, or sometimes they have an open door always. Yeah. And these are usually where you find the sages, or whatever they are, these wizards. And occasionally a knight. Yeah, They will give yeah. you power Swordsmen. upgrades. Yeah, you can get two sword upgrades, as well as you, this is where you learn all your spells. There's one in each town. And a lot of times there's like a little thing you've got to do. We didn't even cover those items, where you have to some get like some puzzle. water and give yeah. it to a lady that's thirsty. Yeah, those are less items than just an event flag but yeah but there are importantly we didn't mention two attacks you learn while you are in these towns mm-hmm. and there's the up thrust and the down thrust and they're pretty cool especially the down thrust as i say yeah up thrust down thrust is, is really cool yeah. the up thrust is barely useful it's only ma- really there for breaking blocks or mainly yeah it does so little damage it's worthless well there's a few annoying enemies that fly by yeah like you can hit those ghosts but the down thrust is a game changer 
It's it's crazy, man. Unless it's, you move through a lot of enemies just by bouncing over them. Yeah, you can just. It's awesome. Uh, it's very similar to the pogo from uh, Ducktales, or more recently, the shovel knight attack. Oh sure, yeah. Where you just you know, if you're in the air and you press down, you go into your attack pose, and then you know, like you you can bounce off enemies that way instead of taking damage. Because we, we didn't really talk about this with the fighting, but this game does have a pretty unique sense of like momentum mm-hmm. to where if you're like uh, attacking an enemy that you you don't kill with one sword blow, you know, it's like you both kind of have a pushback a little bit. Yeah. Link Link takes a second to get moving. And when you bounce onto an enemy, the momentum you have once you've hit it carries over. So you'll bounce off of them yeah. with that speed and force. So you can you can start getting some pseudo interesting platforming kind of from that. And then in that same regard, if you have zero momentum and you just jump straight up and down onto a creature, you can hit it multiple times. Oh yeah, yeah. And that's like the best way to kill, say, the anti ghost or anti fairies or yeah. whatever they are. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, so you you pretty much you just like alternate between exploring with your map screen and then you go into these battle sequences that are all side scrolling. Yes, you do. Well, folks, this is normally where you'd hear our manual talk, but we know this is going to be a two parter for sure. Uh, yes. And uh, after 170 some episodes, we thought, hey, let's <laughs> mix it up. We're getting wild, and we're going to move that to part two. So you have a little something more to listen to than just the, you know the straight discussion of the walkthrough of the game. Manual fans are roaring in disapproval. I know. I'm so sorry, guys. They want it now. So instead, let's talk about our personal history with this game. Okay. What a history. Uh, mine is almost non-existent. I rented <laughs> this game. I didn't like it. That was the end of it. I thought of it as the crappy Zelda and the one I didn't like very much. <laughs> For almost ever. And I know you liked it, and I was like, yeah, I just can't get into the combat of it. It's, yeah, it's it's a weird one, uh, for sure. Um, this was a game that, I, as soon as I got my Nintendo, it was right around when this game should have come out, okay. I believe. So, a little before. So, I was on the hype train with Nintendo Power before it, ever, it was ever available, you know, and I loved Zelda, so I, I really wanted it, you know. Right. You know, I was trying to place when I got this. I don't, like, I feel like September of 89 was a little late, but... Uh, I, I do specifically remember the day because uh, it was kind of infamous when my mom was taking my sister. She was going to a birthday party, and they had to go get a present for her friend. But they were also like, we're going to get Zelda 2 when we're there. I don't know why. I know it was nice out, so it wasn't Christmas or anything. Gotcha. Had, maybe it was a birthday. Well, your dad had played Zelda 1, though. It, both my parents did. Okay, so, so therefore, yeah. they were ready. They were they were on board for I'm it. I'm sure I had been laying it on thick for months about right. how, you know, just, by the way, I really want this uh, in case you're feeling like uh, you love me. But, uh, um, but yeah, and my mom kind of infamously went, got the stuff, you know, got the game, the presents, dropped my sister off, and they came home and couldn't find it. And we're, like, freaking out. Like, I remember it as a personal thing because I was, like, so pissed. But I was like, don't. Look, your mom's upset. Try to be cool for her, you know. Right. Meanwhile, I'm like stewing, and my mom's freaking out. She's like, "I just wasted all this money. What happened to this?" You know, we're all like sulking. And then 15 minutes later, my sister calls, and she's like, "Hey, mom, you wrapped this present in the other one somehow." So the girl thought she got Zelda too, and I actually knew her older brother, and he was like, "You got Zelda too?" And I was like, "Don't touch it. Don't let them open it." <laughs> like we went and got it right away. Where I was like, "Yeah." It's my precious. So, yeah, I, I was in it. Hopefully that girl was not that into Zelda. <laughs> no, no, I'm sure she wasn't. But, yeah, so, you know, and I had it early, and I, I played it a lot. I enjoyed it. I was disappointed it wasn't more of the same, but I kind of knew I knew that before I got it. Right. So I, I knew what I was getting into, and I, I still enjoyed it. I remember drawing all the weird bosses and monsters and stuff a bunch from the— uh, They are weird. Nintendo Power coverage. So, yeah, I mean, I was into it, and I've always been— 
kind of a defender or try to of, of weird games, misunderstood sequels, toys. Exactly. Or, you know, this is, uh, I don't this know. It's in Mario 2. Yeah, in, in Castlevania 2, you know. Oh, yeah. And you are a weirdo. <laughs> but, yeah, that's my, uh, my Zelda 2 story. Which brings us to our more recent experience with this game. And this is where I have to come clean and say, I did not play very much of this game. Oh, what? It's not that I don't want to. I really wanted to. I was like, I'm going <laughs> to give this game the full chance it deserves. Sure. But we have this situation in my house where <laughs> if I play a game for this show, my son, who is a budding game enthusiast, where he, he likes to play games from all eras, even though he is one of the youngs. Sure, sure. Um, he doesn't really want to play a game if he's just watched me play through the entirety of it. Right, right. And he was kind of excited about trying Zelda 2. Yeah, yeah. So I proposed to him if he wanted to play it. Right. I will be there to help him go through the game. Sure, sure. Not as in physical support, because as we'll get to, man, does he make me feel old. <laughs> uh, I could check maps, run all that, tell him where to go, what to do. Right, right. And so I watched the majority of this game being played with my son next to me, controlling it. Gotcha, gotcha. Uh, I did jump in to try out different things and be like, well, I think I could get this. And then every time I was like, oh my God, I... I'm so much worse at this than you are. <laughs> oh. uh, but my son went through and played through the entire game. We did use uh, save states. Mm -hmm. uh, we played it on the Switch, online, whatever. And uh, I, I I, mean, I guess that we'll talk about this more later, but he got really good at the combat this game. I knew he would because <laughs> we've been playing through the Zelda Breath of the Wild again. Sure. Uh, I've put in 160 hours on my yeah. second playthrough. Quite a few. <laughs> Beginner. Uh, exactly. But uh, he does put me to shame in that game because he can parry any attack, no matter sure, what creature sure. it is. I'm, it's just sickening. So I figured, and rightly so, that this game would be right up his, you know, Twitch fighting, yeah, yeah. you know, kind of uh, alley. Yeah, yeah. So uh, it Let's was beaten that. at my house, and I watched every moment he played it, even through the most infuriating parts. Where I was like, <laughs> Ugh. so, and I think we'll get to those as the as the as we get through our playthrough. But uh, right, I, I right. got to experience it all gotcha and i will go through myself now that i'm very familiar with the game and where to go i definitely plan on taking it up on my own okay cool cool so i'm guessing you played and beat it in like a day i beat i've i've beaten this game like four times in the past couple months because because <laughs> yes yeah well it, it was one of these games where you know i was kind of liked it uh, and i've revisited it at several points one was i was just bored and i, I was like you know I really want to learn how to fight these stupid knights. Right. So I did the hard way. And then recently I learned I, I learned a couple new tricks kind of where when, when, sometimes I'll learn something about an old game where I'll be like, oh, I got to go check it out and try it. Yeah. So uh, they're, they're sword fighting tricks that, you know, we'll talk about later. But I found that they really like accelerated the game enough for me. And then I was really, you know, thinking about like, what's my optimal route for these crystals and and blah, now that blah, you blah. know our crystal trick, maybe you're going to have to beat it again here. Maybe, man. I don't know. It's a lot <laughs> of backtracking, but. Not uh, really. You, you wait until... Oh, we'll get there. I'll tell you when we yeah, get it. Yeah. But it's not too much if you wait for the right time. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. Um, either way, uh, yeah, so I beat this game several times. And um, I did save states, but really just when I could save, I didn't really run into any problems in the palaces or anything. So, you know, but again, I'm, I used a map for the Great Palace because... <laughs> it's rough. I'm not a crazy person. We but. use maps for everything. The whole game, all the time. All mm. maps, all the way. I, yeah. I don't really feel bad. I, I did it as a child, so I've already crossed that threshold. <laughs> I'll never feel bad about of, using a map. Of dignity. In fact, in real life, I'm proud of my map-using skills. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right, here we are in the general chat portion of our show. And I would just like to start by saying that 
while I didn't play a lot of this game, it still is way better than I remembered it being. Yeah, it's. I think it's uh, the best and worst thing that could happen to this game was being a Zelda game. Because I'm sure it sold way more because yes. of the name than it would have. But it also has people approach it with like, this is not really a Zelda. And it's like, you're right. It's very different in so many ways. It's you, you, tangentially, like story-wise it is. but True. But what's really interesting is that the combat in this game feels very modern. Yeah. Well, it's, it was a, a very uh, influential game, I think, even starting in the 80s, you know? Yeah, it's just very smooth. It's so fast that once you get it down, it's really like a dance between you and another, the enemy. Yeah, and, yeah. And it's really amazing that, like, well, I mean, I felt like a chump, you know, watching my son and then trying to recreate <laughs> his actions. But, you know, watching him play, and once he clicked and got, you know, the idea of how to watch for the tells and when to time everything, yeah. and little... there is a specific timing to each individual character almost. Yeah, yeah. That, you know, he went from being timid and being straight attack on, like, every enemy that came to him. Uh, it's the way to go, yeah, for sure. And, and in, in a lot of ways, I feel like this game is more like like Dragon Warrior. Like, if you compare it where you're walking around, you encounter enemies, but now you fight them side-scrolling. I can see that. Dungeons, except, you know, like, whereas Zelda, not so much. And if you viewed it as a... like, well, a, There's no puzzles to solve in this game not, once no. you get to the dungeons. And I, and I don't even mean Zelda doesn't really have, quote, quote, puzzles, but they're just like, do you push the thing in this room? Do you kill all any, the things in this there's room? There's like one walk-through wall. Yeah, otherwise it's just... <laughs> Figure out your way through the labyrinth of the dungeon. Yeah, and or and find things. You know, sometimes along overworld, the way. You know, yeah. But yeah, like you said, it's it's this game is more about the combat than anything else, and it's really fun. I really think that pound for pound, it's got the best sword fights in video games for a long time. Like you versus the knights, like that momentum kicks in where you're pushing each other back, and buying some time. Yeah, it's really cool. Like it's if you when I came back and really started to appreciate it was when I was like I'm just. I always avoided them as a child. It was like, these are too hard. All the knights. Jump over them. You know, there are tricks to get through them, kind of, that I knew. Uh, turn into a fairy and just fly through it. But, <laughs> I mean, otherwise, with the exception of the blue knights, which stay pretty hard until the very end yeah, of the game. Don't mess with those. <laughs> I'm not with crazy the, with here. With the exception <laughs> of those, which uh, are very hard, all of the other knights and the Stalfos and everything, you know, once you learn their pattern and you are confident, you can take them all out. So quickly, it's not even funny. Yeah, and it, but it's fun. It's I don't know. It it feels more like sword. Yeah, it does feel like you're in a sword fight. Kind of. Yeah, you know, and you know, it's uh, it's really it's really cool. And like I said, Battle of Olympus or like Fazanadu, You know, a lot of games. This was one of the first kind of side-scrolling. I guess Metroidvania-ish. You know, besides Metroid, obviously, but right. uh, it, it set a pretty high standard for melee combat in these types of games that I don't think was really revisited until like the symphony of the night or something you know like yeah. like there's a lot of uh, uh concepts here that while this game didn't master them it, it was definitely the first to do it and in 87 like that's the other thing like it's crazy like it's it so early two years old when we got it you know and then there's the graphics which you know some people aren't a huge fan of but they kind of grew on me they mm. are of course a different perspective on every enemy that you've mm -hmm. seen before and since but it allows them to be larger sprites yeah, the sprites are the strong point of this graphically, for yes. sure. They're decently animated. Not the problem is there's not a lot of frames of animation. No, they're just very smooth and moving around. Yeah, but they're. I mean, I, they're really good looking sprites for early '87. Like, and there's a lot of them. You encounter a great variety of enemies. Yeah, and, and not just color swaps. I mean, varying. Yeah, very different sprites. They are relatively faithful to their previous ones in Zelda and the Legend of Zelda. 
You know, mm-hmm. like you're able to tell like that's a gorilla, that's a moblin. Some of them are new weird monsters, but uh which is another thing I love is as I've mentioned playing hundreds of hours of Breath of the Wild, which you know, I'll go on the record right now and let everyone know second favorite game of all time right here. Okay. Right okay. behind Zelda 2. Zelda <laughs> It's on record. You yeah, heard it here. Right behind Zelda 1. And uh because it to me fills all those, you know, satisfactions I had from my childhood of playing Zelda 1. Yeah, yeah. But what's awesome is they bring in you know, creatures and things from all throughout the series. Yeah. And it has Lizalfos as one of the main enemies in the game, one of your main groups, mm. which is cool because, I mean, they are almost forgotten for many, many years of the series. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's I mean, they, they debut here. For sure. Like, and another thing, too, about it that's, I mean, I guess this is kind of a, a downside, but you have a, a pretty solid jump. Yes. And you have this, like, momentum, and especially when you start getting the down thrust, it's like, you can get cruising. And I wish that the, the level design is just so flat. It's yeah. all built around this fighting. And that's my and, biggest and You don't gripe. really, it's not really, there's nothing to, like, jump around or do, you know, you just. No, and that's, the biggest problem is that the dungeons all, while they have different color bricks, feel almost like the same dungeon. Their designs, yeah, well, yeah. There's, there's very few things that separate them. And the, the very small things that do are welcome, but to me, it's just like, Every dungeon is almost the exact same area. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that the experience system is weird and kind of unnecessary. Like, the experience, when I, I remember when I first heard about it, I was like, oh, cool. So you could be, like, a wizard-type Link. Right. No. It's yeah. it's not like you're not crafting a character here. And then at the end, you're expected to have at least your health and your magic at full. So... Well, you got to... Yeah. It doesn't really behoove you to single out one or the other in the long run. I mean, for short term in the middle of the game, you could, I don't know, but at at any point in this game, you always want your attack to be your highest. It's foolish to do otherwise. Right. Uh, It just makes it, you know, it's already a pretty tough game. Mm -hmm. You can uh, mitigate that with, uh, you know, if you're smart about your experience points and stuff and you you go for the attack, but, you know, it's, it's, it's pretty rough starting out. Now, the other thing I would like to talk about is the music of this game. Yeah, yeah. Because it is really good. Yeah. And a lot of the themes of it, I think, are kind of lost in the Zelda pantheon of music. It it really gets washed over, I think, because, you know, it's like so much of this game, you know, is it the best Zelda game? No. Is it the worst? Maybe, because it's a very weird one. But if if you aren't comparing it to Zelda, you you wouldn't, uh, you know, like yeah. the music gets overshadowed by the iconic themes from the first one. And Which then it stinks because it's like, well, yeah, you're comparing <laughs> it to like one of the greatest games of all time. Yeah. Yeah. But it's still an extremely good game. It's the really good. Extremely good. There are quite a few really memorable tracks that I still remember to this day, you know. Um, uh, my son remarked that he could not get the overworld theme out of his yeah. head. In which is a really great track because while it doesn't sound... It doesn't sound like the first one, but, but it has the same spirit. You know, it's the same kind of adventurous. It's like, like a sequel to that track. Yeah. It yeah. has a lot of the same notes and similar pieces to it, but it is a different song. Yes. So, uh, you know, the composer did a really good job here, I think, of, of honing in on what was cool about the first one's tracks, but then expanding because it it's a larger soundtrack by far. You get more than four songs. So, right. you know, it's, a, it's good stuff for sure. And then another great thing this game does is it, it does make the world of Hyrule feel so much larger. Having that separated overhead view all mm-hmm. on Final Fantasy from the combat side. Yeah, yeah. That you get to explore the whole big world of Hyrule and, and even go back to parts you had been to earlier in a different perspective. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. You do uh, get to see the old, you know, truncated version of the previous map, but uh, pretty cool. Now, one thing that did throw me off is when I was looking at the guide, you know, the names for all these creatures are not what I would have called any of them. Like, I thought they were classic enemies. And I'd be like, oh, a Dark Knight. Oh, yeah. No, some it's of them. Iron Knuckle. It's I'm like, Iron Knuckle. What 
Why? Or depending on, you know, I guess I could have mentioned this in the <laughs> previous experience, but I did, my first exposure to this game was in the big black Nintendo, official Nintendo player's guide. Gotcha. There's a, a section on this where it shows a bunch of enemies and some different stuff, get some little maps, but it also has a bunch of the enemies in it, but different names. Like that's where Rebanak or Germafencer or several other D&D character names for me and friends for years. Uh, you know, the, a lot of that came from that weird stuff. And then... Later, you learn that they're different, and you might even think like, "Hey, those, that's how they—that's what dark nuts were in Japan." It's like, nope, totally different. No, it's a, it's a different beast, but just as much fun to fight. Yeah, it is a strange choice. I wish there was a little more like exploring to it somehow. Like you, you know, there's a couple places where you're like, "I found a fairy or or a pea bag." Yeah, I just wish there were more of them. You know? Yeah, I agree. And then the other problem with that is that so many of the places you have to go to are very linear. You don't really, well, you don't yeah. give it a lot of choices. You're just, okay, this I'm going to go into this valley and there's one town in it. This is a very linear game compared to the first Legend of Zelda, which, you know, makes it look kind of bad if you're looking at it through that lens. But you are able to backtrack, like we said, where we went through and we saved the first two mm -hmm. uh, crystals to almost the very end of the game. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Um, I do think that another thing, okay, this game has two of the worst villager puzzle things ever. Well, it's got a, some of the worst puzzles ever, but I'll agree with I the mean, villager part. I, I think that finding the mirror, if you didn't, I mean, these are things that I already, I knew before I even got the game. So I, I didn't get hung up on them, right. you know, but it's like finding Bagu in these woods. Yeah. And uh, the, in particular, finding the mirror to get the life spell. We'll cover all this in the level by level. But those get a lot of press for being like, these are, the translation's terrible and blah, blah, blah. Right. But really, I mean, because I, I kept a special eye out and talked to a bunch of the uh, townspeople. And they have clues, pretty good ones, actually, even compared to other games where it's like all of the heart containers and magic. Like, I was, I was like, oh, there, there is a clue here okay. for it. It's not just bump your head against everything. But unfortunately, there's two of the worst. Mm -hmm. You know, like, if you want to find out where Bagu is, you got to talk to that blob five times. What? Like, why does it got to be five? Why can't it be two? You know, and, right. and there are no other instances in this game to kind of telegraph that, that you might need to do that or... Yeah, yeah. You know, so it, it, it's a little weird, but it's... I, I, I think, think it, like, it, same with Finding the Hidden Village. Yeah, there, like I said, there's a couple standouts that are the most popular ones that people say, and I'm in the right, those are hard to figure out on your own by far. But I think the rest of it is so much better than you might expect. Right, you know, and, you know that is kind of par for the course of this era of games. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this is not Castlevania 2 territory, so I'm not even yeah, yeah. that that upset about it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then my son wanted to chime in uh, during this portion, and he wanted to point out that he went into this game while wanting to play it, kind of looking down on it. Oh, okay. He thought it was well, going to be the crappy game, and he thought it looked weird and wasn't into it. But the combat system really hooked him. And for him, it was, you know, modern gaming level of counter, you know, dodge, mm. attack. Yeah, well, yeah, that's that's where that's the core that is is actually good, you know. Yeah, he said he really enjoyed the the music, and you know, even as a youngin, he really, uh, as the game went on, got into it, and you know, was definitely on board to finish this game. Yeah, it's that's that's great. That uh, warms the cockles of my heart because I've always maintained that it's a good game, even if it is the worst Zelda game. That doesn't make it bad. No, and in fact, it's not the worst Zelda game. I'm sure one of those. Uh, Game Boy Advance, Game Boy One, Game Boy Advance ones is yeah, probably it. I don't know. I did look at the Zelda timeline. Have you ever looked at that? Uh, yeah, it is the most bizarre and weird timeline of any video game series. It, I, I, I thought I it was like pretty it. cool, actually. The because way... certain games 
take place if Link has lost yeah. at the end of other games. Like this is the final game in the worst, worst scenario, I think, where it's like the hero lost and then the lost, and then it's like... It was until... The, oh, is Breath of the Wild Breath of in the, the wild same... Now. Oh, okay, yeah. The, the final chapter oh, okay. of that world. Crazy. Right, folks, that's going to wrap up our first part here of our Zelda 2 podcast. Next week's game will continue to be Zelda 2. And as we mentioned, or I mentioned at the very beginning of the show, this has been on every system Nintendo has made in the past four generations. That's right. Or more. So if you do not own this game on one of those four systems, what's wrong with you? Give it a try. You, you might, might even have it for free right now on your Switch. You'd be a fool not to. Or that NES Mini that's collecting dust somewhere in your... Gamers, pick up your swords. Save Hyrule. Yeah, I mean, if we haven't inspired you now, I don't know what will. Because <laughs> as we said, this game is, well, Nick always loved it, but it's much better than I or my son thought. So jump in, play this game, and next week you'll be ready to go through the manual with us and our walkthrough of the game. Yeah, yes. And, you know, if uh, any Zelda 2 fans out there, defenders, unite and let us know at cartridgecommand at gmail.com how much you like this game. Or if you hate it and you want to start, start some guff, all right, I won't back down. Let me hear it at cartridgecommand at gmail.com. Or you can get in touch with us at cartcommand on the Twitterverse, where, man, we've been tweeting up a storm. There has been two extra tweets in the past month <laughs> that weren't specifically saying this show is up. Hey, I think that's a bonus. It, we, don't, know, we don't clog up your feed. You're welcome. I don't even want to think about how long it took either of us to figure out how to like like or retweet to someone. It took me I, longer than I wanted to. I don't retweeting. I, I read about tweets all the time. They're a s strange thing. Like, uh, I don't know. And that makes us sound <laughs> a little older than we are. But, of course, you can also get to us on Facebook at Cartridge Command. We love hearing from you there as well. Oh, yeah. Especially if it's about Zelda 2 and it's good stuff. Let us know. And, of course, we must thank every week our wonderful and fine friends that give to us at patreon.com slash cartridge command. It is your financial support that makes this show possible. And, uh, you know, we're going to date the show a little bit. We are recording this at uh, during the quarantine apocalypse dun, dun, dun. and i don't even have a job right now oh. uh, thanks to my governor uh outlawing my form of work as bartender slash server <laughs> and uh well you've heard it here folks so why well, do uh doing all right don't worry we do appreciate that you guys give to us and that way we don't have to spend our own money on this podcast that's right as the titanic goes down your nerdy orchestra will play on indeed and uh you know we appreciate every dollar that's given to us. We've gotten a couple more in the last month, and we really appreciate it. You'd love to hear more of us. Give us more money, or give us money. Either way, we thank you. We thank you so very much. Yes. Stay stay safe, folks. And as always, Cartridge Commandos, game, game on! Freezes where you oh, were. Yeah. Phone. What's that? I'm in Columbus. I'll call you later. Oh my god! I did. I gotta. I gotta help all those poor people stuck inside. Sorry, mom. They need their podcast. Eric, I think that's really stupid of you. Really stupid. Fair enough. Well, I'll talk to you about it later, mom. I'm really upset with you. I'm sorry. You, if you knew the truth, and I shaked everyone's hand I met on the way here, and then licked it. Sorry. Okay, bye. Bye. Thanks, Mom. Love you. Bye. Get out of here. <laughs> uh.